Sports are back, and you don't want to miss any of the exclusive coverage of this unprecedented sports season. You can subscribe to The Athletic now by going to theathletic.com slash down to dunk, and you will receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams like the Thunder. Like, what's going to happen with the Thunder? You can get everything that Eric Horn writes, everything that Sam Amick writes, everything that Zach Harper writes, all on The Athletic, while also supporting down to dunk. So make sure you go to the athletic.com slash down to dunk and receive that 40% off your annual subscription. We hope to see you there. I'm Deontay Burton and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson and I'm down to dunk on you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, as always, on Monday, is my good friend, McKelly Barra. McKelly, what's up? We have a real basketball game to talk about. I'm so excited. They killed the Jazz. I mean, <laughs> just destroyed them. They scored 15 points in the first quarter. 29 to 15 after one quarter. That's the least amount of points that any Thunder opponent has scored all season. And they just demolished them. Just absolutely demolished them. It was, you know, I, I think that we had all kind of hoped that the Thunder could pick up where they left off. Uh, they were better. <laughs> they were better than they were in the regular season. It it was yeah. so impressive. It was so impressive, really by really by almost everybody. It was just such an impressive win. Yeah, I mean, and it it's not like they they had an amazing shooting night. I mean, they ended up shooting pretty well from three, but it's not like Gallo made seven threes or whatever. At the end, I think they shot 37.5%, something like that, between 37 and 40. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, 38 and um, a half. 38 and a half, yeah. Uh, so a very good percentage. I mean, above league average. But but that's something, like, absolutely insane. Uh, like something that is clearly an outlier. Maybe 38, it, it, it's kind of an outlier for OKC. And the two trees of Diallo that we, I'm sure, will discuss later are kind of an outlier. Yeah. But apart from that, even if you cut out those two trees, OKC still wins by a pretty convincing margin. And again, these looked like sustainable basketball for mm-hmm. OKC, especially on defense. I mean, I was so impressed by how... The, especially the guards played in this game. I mean, Steven is almost always reliable. Gallo is what it is. I mean, it's not a good defender, uh, quote unquote, uh, but he knows where to be. And that, that is enough. The guy, like the guards were insanely good in pick and roll coverage. They were crushing every screen. They were fighting to get through. They never let Utah take control of the of, of, of the field like of, of the court uh, in the sense that they were having difficulties in creating good shots and to me that 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 is the thing that I I take away the most from this game like this is, the defense looked amazing and Utah is a team that plays generally good basketball mm-hmm. yeah that's they're a well-coached team they have good players they have two all-stars on their team by the way, <laughs> and they are missing Bogdanovich, but they, they looked horrible. I mean, the Thunder's yeah. defense was amazing. And Donovan Mitchell uh, really didn't know what to do with Lou Dort, who played amazing in 30 minutes. He was a plus eight in those 30 minutes and didn't, didn't score like he did in the scrimmage games, but still just played outstanding defense. And, actually kind of matches the body type of Donovan Mitchell in a lot of ways is that they're both like Mm -hmm. really strong, bigger point guard bodies. And he was incredible 
against Mitchell. I mean, he was he was what the Thunder were missing two years ago in the playoffs. If you, if the Thunder had a guy like that, maybe the Thunder do get past round one. Uh, but he he was incredible on Mitchell. Uh, Rudy Gobert, man, they they did a good job defending him. He was he was five or six from the field, but just getting six shots in twenty nine minutes is uh, that's a testament to the Thunder defense. And they attacked him as if this were Daniel Tice, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, they just our new example for a bad big man, right? <laughs> they just went at him over and yeah. over. Shea just fearlessly went at Gobert as if he wasn't the defensive player of the year, as if he wasn't one of the best shot blockers to play the game ever. Just went right at him and scored with ease. Steven Adams, who at, has at times looked like he's afraid of Gobert. No, not yeah. in this game. He was 16, 11, two assists, two blocks. He was... I mean, this this is peak Steven Adams. I mean, this is some of the best basketball I've seen him play. He did have four turnovers, but that's just a product of him having the ball more. Yeah. They they just completely neutralized him and made him a non-factor. Gobert was a non-factor. He looked like a replacement-level big man. Yeah, I mean... I got a very interesting uh, DM on Twitter from Matthew Hosey, um, and he was he was telling me that he went back and rewatched part of the game um, to to uh, like to analyze pick and roll, uh, and he said something along the line that like OKC was more patient, especially SGA in attacking and pick and roll, trying to lure Gobert out of his comfort zone, and then either. Um, taking me, taking him to the rim, or finding space for finding like other actions for Steven Adams or other guys. And I think that this is something uh, that was really noticeable uh, during the game. And if you like, if anyone who is listening didn't notice that and has the chance to go back, go back and watch how Shea attacks the pick and roll. Uh, it looked like it just went all the way all the time. It's not like that. He really. Um, added to his game something different, like a little bit of hesitation and to like uh, he called a few screens just to put uh, Gobert out of out of his spot. This is maturity. Uh, these are real pointer skills. And, and I think that um, to to get out with what you said, I mean, they were effective against Gobert, but they also worked to make Gobert less useful uh, because if you attack him from us like on a straight line drive is still a pretty solid or oh, pretty very very good rim protector uh an elite rim protector but if yeah. you make him work and if you have um the threat of your mid-range jumper like both sga and and chris paul really made him work and and they were successful and credit to steven because attacking gobert means for a big man is tough but if you are able to put your body at contact with him and, and finding space, space with hook shots and stuff like that. Gobert is not excellent as a post defender. He's an extreme, again, again, elite uh, rim protector, but as a post defender, that is not where he excels. And, and Steven really made an effort to exploit that uh, two days ago. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He was, <laughs> it was, it was so satisfying watching Steven score on Gobert with with the ease that he did. I mean, it was, yeah. there's no other way to describe it is, is just that it was a, just a satisfying <laughs> thunder watch just cause it, there's just something about beating Utah because there's, there's some arrogance there with the jazz There's some arrogance there with uh, their fans and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was just nice. It was nice to watch. It was just a, a very enjoyable experience. Uh, Gallinari was great in the first quarter. Just absolutely dominated. Yes. He had that one play where he's trying to he saved him from out of bounds. He's hopping around on one foot. And then it ends up just kind of throwing up a shot at the end of the shot clock and just banks in and like, okay, this this might be the Thunder's day. <laughs> this this could be we could be in for, for something. And that was kind of the first sign of that. 
is that Gallo just hit this just outrageous three. Uh, and then, shockingly, Hamadou Diallo is the first guy off the bench. Yeah. The first wing off the bench. And he played well. Two of two from three. Shot two corner threes, which that's good. If you're going to take a three, that's the three that you want Hami to take. And he made it and that actually looked pretty good. He had a good Hami game. And I don't know how many more of those exist. But at least for one game, uh, Hami actually played really well. And I, I thought that we'd probably see more Andre. We didn't. Uh, Terrence Ferguson and Nader were definitely not in the rotation. So that's uh, mm-hmm. that's a, a kind of a wild card from Billy that he, he showed his hand in the scrimmages. And I just am like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe that's the decision you're going to make. Uh, and he did. I think that, uh, and this may may sound like stupid, but I think that if you want to put a placeholder for uh, Andre Robertson there, not Anthony Robertson, um, <laughs> Diallo, <laughs> Diallo uh, makes perfect sense uh, because he kind of uh, is the same type of player for uh, opponent de- opponent defenses because he doesn't really shoot it. Um, well, it's not a shooter, so the the spacing will be the same if you have Diallo or Robertson on the fo- or Robertson on the floor. Uh, the defense will not be the same. I I trust Robertson way more, uh, but Diallo is a Diallo can guard the same body types of Robertson. And it's weird that it's not Terrence. Uh, it's very weird. I'm very disappointing, disappointed that he doesn't play. Um, but apparently, like, Diallo has more as of today. And and he was fine against Utah. He was really um, an energy plug from the bench. He played his role very well. Um, he had, like, a few possessions where... You can say, well, this is, these are Ahami's possessions, but but whatever. I mean, if it's like two, three possessions of reckless Hami and on the others, you have good defense, uh, solid rebounding and and even corner trees like just let's take this. I mean, um, and, and, and if Andre will be able to play more then again for for the spacing and in general will not change anything i'm sure that the dre will play more when when dennis is not here and i wonder uh, how rotation will adjust when when dennis is not part of the uh, um of the 12 guys that go uh, to the bench because i mean when you have Schroeder on the court you can have a guy like hami if you don't have him then i wonder uh, either you play Shea and, and Chris Paul way more than what they did against the Jazz, mm-hmm. or you need to find some shooter because I don't see like units with Robertson, uh, Hami, and maybe Dort in the same time on the court. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how how Billy uh, adjusts the rotation. But but so far so good with Hami. The first two scrimmages were not good, but the third scrimmage and the first real game were actually quite good i would say and so if this is the hammy that we'll get in the bubble fine i mean it's he deserves to play yeah yeah i mean there's no doubt i mean if he plays like that there's no question in my mind i just i remain a little skeptical on what hammy can do on a night-to-night basis and denver will be an interesting test for that uh tonight or i guess this afternoon really uh, some some stats on Dennis. He he's led the Thunder in reserve scoring in 58 of their 63 games, and has led the Thunder in scoring period in 20 games. So this is a guy that has obviously carried the load for OKC off the bench, and the Thunder's bench is not thought to be a very strong bench, uh, but they've outscored opponent benches in 46 of their 65 games. So mm-hmm. the Thunder bench is, is okay. This is pretty good. And, but you take Schroeder away. It's, it's really a, a big question as to what they look like. And you just have to, to me, it's just one of those other guards or Gallo or somebody just has to take on more is that you can't take Schroeder's role and then press that onto Hami 
or onto Nader or onto yeah. Baisley or somebody like that. You have to say, okay, Shay, you took 12 shots against the Jazz. You're taking 20 in this game. Yeah. Which I'm very, if, if that is the case, it's very intriguing to me. Because in this game, nobody took more than 12 shots, which is just a, it's a weird stat in Thunder history <laughs> that in like a total beatdown, yeah. the most shots taken by a player is 12. But that's just what the way this team has been all season. So it really, nobody takes that many shots. I mean, it's just, it, that's just the way that this team has been. You know, Chris Paul had 11, Steven had 10, which I like. Gallo had 10. They just spread the ball around. They had six guys in double figures, including Darius Baisley, who we haven't talked about yet, who was super impressive in this game. I mean, Baisley's yeah. taken another step. I feel like it's safe to say that. After watching the scrimmages and then watching this game, you're like, okay. He looks like somebody you can count on. He was two of three from three, which is very nice and not something that is going to be a nightly thing but the fact that he's a willing shooter and he's making them and it looks good that's a huge huge deal for OKC to have a a guy that's his size with his skill set that can hit threes that's a big deal uh, and Baisley does look like he's taking the next step yeah I mean and it's uh, you you said Baisley uh, looks like a guy you can count on and and you can tell that there was a different version of Baisley, like in in that game compared to the one that we saw in the scrimmage. Yeah. He was playing more free flow basketball. He was handling a bit more. Now uh, the game was real and Baisley did only what he, what he was clearly supposed to do, like spacing the floor, defending uh, at a very high level, run the court, and if given chances, just try to generate something at the rim, mm-hmm. which is the thing that he should do. He made one mistake in the game, um, like taking that horrible uh, mid-range jumper that Gobert blocked. It was like a clearly, uh, clearly a mistake, but that's it. And if you get a game like that, like 29 minutes, one mistake for a rookie that is the youngest player on, on the roster, it's, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And to me, again, the impressive part is that you don't get reckless, basically. You just get reliable, basically. And, and reliable, basically, is good enough to play 29 minutes. Maybe if the game is like closer and not like a complete blowout uh, after 24 minutes, maybe he plays less. Gallo plays 28, 29, and he plays 15, 16. But still, being able to get 15 reliable regular season minutes for a guy that is barely 20 or 21, whatever, um, it's it's very very impressive. Um, I'm not sure if you can project anything uh, for Basley uh, like above being a solid role player, but but there is um, a chance that he develops into more than that because the skill set is very very intriguing. You have a six eight six nine guy that can shoot the basketball, handle defending at a high level switch on smaller players and i wonder we were discussing before uh, what happens when uh, when dennis is away well maybe you downsize a bit uh, well you you slide basically to the three spot and you play muscala a little bit more mm-hmm. to give some sort of spacing i wonder if this is something that Billa will try because noel plays very good minutes and maybe you want to try a super big lineup with basically at the three basically can guard um, not every three, uh, not every wing, but, but he can take some assignments. And so I wonder uh, if this is something that you can try to put him a little bit outside of his comfort zone and see what happens. Because Muscal is a great shooter. Uh, you will improve the spacing. And, and maybe uh, you, you can you can see what happens if you slide Baisley um, to the three spot and, and let him play against second units. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that he's a guy that we just don't really know what his ultimate destination is as a player. And I think he can play multiple positions. I think it's what he's going to be. It's just kind of the Swiss army knife of a player, which that's modern basketball, right? It's Shea is is that way too. I don't think, 
I mean, Shea plays the three. I mean, Joe Ingles was guarding him. He was guarding Joe Ingles. I mean, that's he played the three. That's what he's that's what he's been for this team. And so that's that's what you want. And it's nice to have like two of the building blocks for OKC certainly are Baisley and Shea. And they're both guys that can play multiple positions, which just makes building the team a lot easier. Because when you pigeonhole somebody into a specific position, like, okay, we've got to go find a guy that can do this or that. You can, it gives you the ability to just honestly go for best player available at whatever position. It doesn't matter because you can shift these guys over if you need to. Yeah. Uh, which, which is very, very nice. Uh, anything else from this jazz game that stuck out to you? I mean, it was just a total beatdown, which was, it was a, a welcome surprise after this long hiatus, especially with how meaningful this game was. I mean, that was the last game the Thunder were about to play and like the, the COVID game, right? That's the game yeah. where everything just came crashing down and then to return and the, the only thing that was a little dissatisfying about it is that it, it should have been the first game because it was it was really yeah. the last NBA game that people remember. It should have been the first game played and it would have been even more satisfying being the team to play the very first game back in the bubble and to just demolish them just in front of the entire <laughs> world. But uh, it was still very good. And uh, I, I very much look forward to watching this team play again. And we'll, we'll go to some Twitter questions here in a little bit, but the Thunder is starting to get some buzz as the third best team in the Western Conference. And we'll we'll go over that list here in a little bit, but I, I look forward to seeing them play Denver this afternoon. We have a new sponsor today, and it's Artifact. Uh, Artifact is a really, really cool company that I'm excited to share with you guys about. Uh, Artifact will take a story, maybe a story about your family or a story about maybe your grandparents that you're just like, oh, I just love the story and I love the way that they tell it. And they will take that and put it on a podcast for you. So they have professional interviewers that will interview whoever you'd like and make it into a podcast. And so I went to heyartifact.com and told them a few basic things about my kidney donation to my father-in-law. And so we're going to be making an artifact for the kidney donation to my father-in-law and have my father-in-law interviewed, probably have my wife and my mother-in-law and maybe even my kids interviewed because I would just like for that story to be saved uh, for, for generations to come. And artifact is a great way to do that. So I'm really excited to get started with them. Uh, I'll be sharing that episode with you when it's ready. But for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some samples. There's tons of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. And when you're ready to make an artifact of your own, use the code DUNK to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code DUNK for $40 off. Yeah, I mean, two very quick thing and then um we'll wrap up on this game uh first uh to complete what we were saying about paisley there were a few possessions where he had jordan clarkson as an assignment who is a combo guard Mm -hmm. and i didn't notice anything in terms of problems of paisley guarding that guy yeah he didn't allow him to blow by him he didn't allow him to to take a shot that was clean with pump fakes or whatever and then the second thing that I think we should mention, because he was clearly the best player on the court, was Chris Paul completely owning the the defense, the jazz defensive schemes. Yeah, because that guy, that guy was insane. He, as always, he started quiet uh, in the first few minutes of the game. But then he took over with his mid range jumper, with his passing. And and he was Super good defensively as well. I mean, Chris Paul is still able to take a game in his hands and just deliver against a very good defense, like with no effort, <laughs> at least it looked like. Um, as we discussed, me and John, um, in, in Thunder After Dark, there was a clip that ESPN um, showed, I think, in a break of Chris Paul mid-range. It was a very short uh, pull-up jumper from, I think, 12 feet mm-hmm. uh, and in that clip you could see that Chris Paul was waiting and watching uh, Gobert's reaction and Gobert decided to stay put and he 
keep the dribble alive. And as soon as Gobert took a step forward, he immediately get to, to the jumper and, and, and froze him. So it, it, it's just remarkable how easy it is for Chris Paul to, to manipulate a defense and, and create good offense out of any uh, possession in the half court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Chris is going to be on the All-NBA team, whether it's second or third team, I'm yeah. not sure. But he's going to make it, and he deserves it. He's been one of the better players in the NBA, period. And yes. the leadership and the skill level that he's shown for the Thunder this year has been just astonishing. I mean, it's it's beyond anything we could have comprehended before the season. <laughs> that's that's where he's been, and it's just amazing. Uh, the Thunder do play the Denver Nuggets today. Uh, the Nuggets are kind of a skeleton crew right now. I think Jamal Murray's supposed to return today, but they started Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, Jokic, and Millsap in their game against Miami, in which Miami just stomped them. So in mm-hmm. in the first half, the Nuggets were keeping up, and then they just kind of ran out of gas. And the Heat just put it on them. And so I'm interested to see. It, it definitely puts the Thunder in a good position. Because if it's, it is Jamal Murray's first game back, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to come back to, especially with the defensive assignments that he's going to be given. Uh, so I'm interested to see how Denver looks because I think a lot of people after this weekend of basketball are, are riding the Nuggets off a little bit, which may or may not be a mistake because this Nuggets team showed in the regular season that they have a high ceiling and that they can play really well yeah. together. And so, I mean, they're 43 and 23. They have a better record than Thunder. But, but still, I think there's, there's a lot of question marks around this Denver team. And the Thunder have less questions. I think the only question for the Thunder is when does Schroeder leave and when does he come back? Uh, for the Nuggets, it's, it's a lot more. I mean, Nikola Jokic had COVID. Is he, is he completely recovered from that? And are, what are their residual effects from that? That's something that we just don't really know yet. Uh, what does Jamal Murray look like when he comes back? What does Gary Harris look like when he comes back? I think those are all questions. Will Barton hadn't played yet. What, is, what does he look like in his return? So I, I, I think that the Nuggets are a very interesting team, and I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to see how they play against OKC this afternoon. Yeah, there are tons of matchups that are interesting tonight. Uh, well, tonight for me, it's afternoon for you guys. Um, I think that there is way too soon to to say anything bad, uh, like the, the, that the Denver Nuggets are, are not a scary team in the playoffs. When you have a top two, top three center uh, in the league that can pass the ball um, at such an high level, and you have a pretty good roster uh when like when they are at full force again i think it's too soon and Mm -hmm. and maybe they will struggle a little bit in these eight games but i'm not sure that this is actually meaningless for uh meaningful for for their uh playoff success because this is a team that um they added a few guys in the offseason but the core is there since last season. And so the chemistry is there. Uh, now they don't have a real point guard beside Monty Morris on, or well, they maybe they get uh, Murray back tonight, but against the heat, when you have one guy that can handle the ball successfully against other guards, because I mean, I don't think PJ Dozier or, or Daniels are like, are those guys. Yeah, <laughs> like no. they, they, they are fine bench guys, but you cannot, play against a savvy defensive team like the Heat um, where you have like a bulldog like Butler and really good guys like Iguodala, Dragic or like you have very good guards to play against and so I think that the Nuggets were ill-positioned in terms of roster to play a team like the Heat Um, so I I, I wouldn't put too much stock into that game Um, but, I mean, Jokic against Adams is something that I really look forward to tonight because Jokic is one of those guys that um, Steven had issues in the past to play against, but yeah. this season he had a very good game. 
against Nikola Jokic in, I think it was February, uh, after the All-Star break. So I'm, I'm really curious to see who gets, who wins the matchup tonight. And then I... I, I'm also interested in, in in watching the Thunder defense against a team that is not guard heavy. Uh, even if they, they have Murray, they don't have Will Barton, they don't have uh, Gary Harris. So the, the Nuggets have a super guard rotation. I want to see if this creates um, some relaxation in terms of the, the, the level of energy that OKC will play, or it's just OKC play at full strength and like the Nuggets guards don't know what to do. I, I really want to see uh, the composure of OKC playing a team that it's not 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I think the Thunder, just, they're equipped to handle lots of different teams, including this Nuggets team, especially with a healthy Steven Adams. And that's one of our questions from for from one of our listeners today. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. It's from Throw Me a Hammer. He asks, is Bubble Adams the best version of Adams that we've seen yet? And to me, he's the most complete version of Steven that we've seen so far. It's obviously a very limited sample in in four games. But, I mean, really, I haven't been this impressed with Steven maybe even since like the 2016 playoffs where it's just like, Oh, okay. Like this guy is another, he's on another level. Like he's one of the better centers in the league. And I think you can say that definitively. And he's had moments certainly since then where he's looked really good. But at this point in the year, he hasn't looked this good since 2016. I mean, he's been broken down. I mean, he wasn't that very good in the first round series against Houston. He obviously struggled against the jazz the next year. And then struggled against, I mean, got outplayed by Cantor, who looks borderline unplayable for the Celtics this year. I mean, this this version of Steven, at this point in the year, obviously we haven't ever watched him play in August before, but, but you know what I mean. Uh, on the verge of going into the playoffs, this is the best version of Steven that we've seen in four years. I think so. And... Maybe the in terms of athleticism and role power, this is not the best version of Steven. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. as you mentioned, the 2016 one, uh, where it was like a constant lob threat, uh, was maybe more um, of an offensive weapon and and like in terms of overall energy, it was at a different level and now he has to pace himself a little bit more. But if you add the fact that now he's way more involved in the, um, um, in the run of play, like he, he gets a lot of, of elbow, elbow touches, post touches, and he makes a lot out of them. Um, I think it's a more complete version of Steven Adams. And, and I wonder if still Steven has another gear to get to because, uh, as I mentioned last Monday, I think that the Alleyoop game is can be there uh, in, in some circumstances, maybe not against the Jazz, because the Jazz tends to, to take away those kinds of solutions. Uh, Noel had zero lobs, uh, one uh, was maybe a turnover. So I wonder against a team like, like the, the Nuggets that, well, they, they, they still play drop coverage, but I wonder if that part of Steven is still there and just waits to be uh, like called upon. Yeah. Um, and if that is, is true, then yes, we, we have the best version of Steven overall. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to see him play against another one of the better centers in, in the Western Conference today. Uh, Jason Phillips 7 wants to know, who is the third best team in the West? It's keeping me up at night. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's you have to 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 think that the, the Houston Rockets have a higher ceiling of the Thunder as of today. Um, I wonder in a playoff series when you have seven games to really figure out their small ball if something changes. But the star power that they have um, gives them, I think, a hedge over. 
the Nuggets and the Thunder. I do think that this version of the Jazz, uh, it's not the third best team of um, of the West. And are they the tenth trouble. best team in the West? This version of the Jazz, <laughs> they uh, were bad, version, man. Yes, they were pathetic. Yeah, they were bad. Yes, uh, but again, when you have Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, you may figure it out. So mm-hmm. again, I I don't want to put too to put too much stock into two games, and they won one against yeah. Alan Williamson. So let's let's say that the version that we saw, it's not the real version of the Jazz, and the real version of the Jazz may be still a top seven team in the West. Yeah. Um, top eight, something like that. I don't want to put Dallas uh, as a top three team in the West because I do think that their defensive struggles are way too serious. Well, and they're to, clutch to time. The real threat. Yeah. Yeah, but that that has too much variance. I mean, we are talking still about 10 games, 10, 15 games. It's 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 not a sample size that I, I want to trust. I mean, the fact that Luka Doncic is 0 for 10, it's it's meaningless to me, like completely meaningless. And they fell apart two games uh, in a row in the bubble so far. I know. I know. It may be energy. It may be conditioning. It may be... Against the Phoenix? Team was just... I mean, come yeah, on, right? Are, no, no. I mean, I again, let's... I'm talking... Uh, I, I take those letdown in two considerations. Yeah. But I don't want to put, to put too much yeah. into that. It's, it's something that you have in the back of your mind, that if the game is close, then you may have something against Dallas. But, but Luca can go off. And yeah. and I, I, again, it happened surely that they let go a few games, maybe more than a few. Yeah. But to project that and saying that if you have a close game against Dallas is it's an easy one. I I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, one other thing is that the people always talk about the Thunder depth not being great. I mean, yesterday against Phoenix, Luca and Porzingis were twenty one of forty from the field. They were yeah. amazing. Which is very, 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 <laughs> very good. Yeah, they, they got to the free throw line 30 times. Yeah. They missed, what did they miss? They missed four total free throws. And they still lost to Phoenix. Yeah. And it's because they didn't get any, anything from anybody else besides really Seth Curry. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's a problem. Tim Hardaway Jr. was super bad yesterday one of 12 from the field oh of eight from three i mean that that hurts quite a bit but you can't i i understand losing to the rockets that's that's excusable you you can't come into the bubble and lose to phoenix when you're fighting to not be the seventh seed and there's i don't know that says something to me about yeah. about this mavericks team i i wonder though you're right i mean you have every data point counts everyone uh, so this game actually counts uh but but it may be like a bad game of Hardaway jr and dallas still shot 19.4 percent from three yeah and they are not that kind of bad three-point shooting team it's so well i i think the most important but, staff from that game is this one uh, cameron payne played 20 minutes in a game that the, <laughs> that the Mavericks lost to the Phoenix Suns. So that's uh, yeah. to me. That's all but you need to know. He had the second worst. Yeah, the second worst plus minus. Um, that that again uh, doesn't mean anything in a single game. But but yeah, I mean, if you sum up every concern that you have about Dallas, you see him. You see them as a like from four to eight, and maybe five to eight. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. leaves you with with Houston, um, Denver, and OKC, and. If every team is at full strength, I cannot put OKC in front of any of those two teams. You can you can toss a coin between them and Denver, probably maybe giving Denver a hedge because of what you saw. But but Houston, Houston is so interesting. And in, and if you ask me today, maybe uh, don't do that because otherwise we will jinx everything. Uh, <laughs> if I, if I want to get Denver or Houston in the playoffs, I still lean Denver because I mean it's Ross and Harden, <laughs> like. 
these two guys can win a playoff series by themselves. They can lose a playoff se- of, of series by themselves, but they can win against anyone. If you tell me the Rockets beat the, the Lakers, mm, unlikely, but I believe you. If you tell me the Denver Nuggets beat the Lakers, I'll tell you, you, you are way too drunk, my friend. Yeah. It's been four years since we've seen Westbrook win a playoff series by himself, by the way. Yeah, true. Are you are you willing to bet against him? Yeah. And bet on Jokic? No. Okay, that's my point. I, I am in the same boat. Are you are you willing to bet on Gallo and CP3? Yes. Okay. You are more confident than me. That is that is Andrew. The since Thanksgiving, so since Thanksgiving, the Thunder have the the most wins in the Western Conference. Yeah. The third best record in the NBA. 34 and 13 yeah. since Thanksgiving. The Bucks and Lakers are the only teams that have better records. I, I'm not saying that that betting on Chris Paul is wrong. Yeah. I uh, On the Thunder is wrong. I, I struggle to see what puts you over the edge. Like James Harden can go to a different level yeah. in, in any, any game. Uh, and that might be enough. It's true. Against, against a couple of teams. Um, and, and it's also a matchup. It, it's also a matchup because if you if you tell me again that the, that the Rockets beat the Clippers, I would be hard pressed to say that you are not telling me something real, because the Clippers are so great in terms of guard defense yeah. that in a series between them and the Rockets, I would I would bet a lot on the Clippers. And, and again, I would too. I may be wrong, but but against the Lakers, that have Dion as one of their top guard. Uh, I mean, I can see James Harden just murdering the Lakers uh, in pick and rolls. Uh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And with the Thunder, it's just they are that good and they can probably play at that level against anyone. Mm-hmm. So the variance of the Rockets, is it's huge. The variance of the Thunder is very thin. Yeah. But the highest point of the of the rockets are, I think, higher than what than than where OKC can go. There is one one caveat, and it's Shea Gilgis Alexander to me. Yeah. If he goes to another level for real, like we're talking twenty shots, and I and I score thirty points on multiple occasions, and I show you that I'm not like a top fifty guy, but I'm a top twenty guy, then things are actually different. Mm-hmm. Because if Shea becomes a top twenty-five, top thirty guy, then the Thunder have a, something more. I'm not willing to bet on that today. Uh, but if that is the reason why you bet on the Thunder, then you may be right. I mean, you may have a point. I mean, Shea that we saw against the Jazz was not the Shea that we saw for the majority of the game last season. It was on par with the best version of Shea that we saw. Yeah. No, I think I think there's there's a chance that he's taken that next step. And he showed it in flashes against the Jazz, certainly. I mean, he took that step back three, no hesitation, no thought, just yeah. did it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's not just a shot that anybody takes. No. So No, and you generate a lot of space. Yeah, for sure. It was uncontested when when he when he when you let it fly. Mm-hmm. Houston plays one way. And if it doesn't work, they're screwed. If it doesn't work against a certain matchup, they're screwed. Because that's it. They play one way. And they're counting on that one way to work. They're going to shoot a crap ton yeah. of threes. And they're just hoping that they can make enough to, to, make, to make it matter. You know how many threes they took against... The Bucks. I'm just looking at the number over and over again and just thinking that can't be right. They took 61 threes. It just can't be right. That just has got to be a typo. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. And you know what? Credit to them. They played really well down the stretch against the Bucks. The Bucks did fall apart down the stretch too. 
they they looked really pretty terrible down the stretch and the Rockets just continued to get to the free throw line and they hit shots. You know, that's that's important for them. They were also missing Eric Bledsoe. And so you had to play a, a lot of minutes to guys that, you know, maybe aren't as deserving. So I think that I take that a little bit with a grain of salt because Bledsoe is one of their most important players and the Rockets you know, we're at full strength. Um, yeah. When you play against the Rockets, you need Bledsoe. Oh yeah. Yeah. You need him to, to take minutes guarding Westbrook and Harden. So, but yeah, the Rockets are very good. There's just so many things about the Rockets that I just don't trust. There's just so many things I just don't trust. And I trust the Thunder team way more. I mean, the Rockets will, they've had stretches where they look like one of the worst teams in basketball. I mean, heading into this bubble, I mean, I think they lost four or five in a row and looked really bad. And the Thunder just haven't had a stretch like that since the beginning of the season when essentially they were getting to know each other and getting to yeah. find the chemistry. I mean, they would look bad for a stretch. We thought this was going to be a tanking season at the beginning of the season, just because they couldn't figure out ways to win games. And then they, it just clicked. And there was a little bit of apprehension heading into this thinking, okay, do they still have that? Is it still there? I think they answered that question already. Yes, it is there. To me, this is the third best team in the Western conference. I think they have good enough depth I think that really nobody has an answer for the three-guard lineup. I just don't think anybody has it. And now that you have Dort and you could add Robertson into the mix, who only played five minutes in this game, I think they're still trying to kind of ease him back in and see, okay, what do we really have? In which case, he may take Hami's minutes come playoff time just because he's a guy that is more of a solid foundation where Hami is very shaky, where you're like, okay, this could this could be great or could be disastrous. I, I don't think you have the same floor with Robertson. I think that we've seen that. I mean, he had a really nice block. And I think that he's a guy that they are going to want to play. But still, I, I like the fact that they're kind of easing him back in and, and not giving him too much responsibility right off the top just because I think it's it's kind of foolish to, to think that you could. So, but yeah, I, I think it's the thunder. I think they should, they've shown since Thanksgiving that they are that team. And then they came in and just made the jazz look like a G league team. And <laughs> to me, that's, that's enough for me to, to say they that. did. They, they really did. I mean, they, they, they really destroyed them. Yeah. And, and they let a lot on the table by turning it over 21 times. It turned over 21 times yeah. and it didn't matter. There yeah. were a lot of sloppy moments in the, in the, certainly in the first half of that game where you're just like, Oh, okay. All right. That's there. You're trying a little bit too much here, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. One, yeah. because the thunder defense was on point. One of the only teams yeah. in the bubble so far that has put an emphasis on defense and that has played good defense. There's been a lot of very high scoring games so far in Orlando and the Thunder held the Jazz to a very, very low scoring number. I mean, it's it was as impressive of a defensive performance that I've seen uh, really in the NBA this year. I mean, it was it was very, very impressive what they were able to do. And I'm interested to see if they can continue that. I mean, to hold a team under 100 points is very impressive. It's yeah. very impressive. Uh, sorry we didn't get to many Twitter questions. I was just too fired up about <laughs> Thunder being the third best team in the Western Conference just because I, I think they've played that way. Um, but, uh, McKelly, anything else before we go? I'm excited to see Ball Ball tonight, a guy that we should have drafted, or at least it was a question. Should should we should the Thunder draft Ball Ball or, or Darius Blazley? We'll have the answer. Well, part of the answer tonight. Yeah. Bull, Bull is, he's, after he's, he's, he's very interesting. He's an interesting player. Yeah. I still think a guy that's that big, uh, just long-term kind of scares me. 
You know, it's, it's rare that a guy that has that kind of size that plays the way that he plays is in the league for 12 years. You know, a guy like Darius Baisley, that's that size of a player. I mean, the prototype of that player, those, those guys can last a long time in the NBA. So that's, I I mean, Bulls got crazy skill, but I don't know that you wouldn't rather have Baisley. Who's plays much better defense. I'm not implying that. I don't believe that to be true. I'm as entertained and intrigued by Baisley's career than I am like with Bobo and yeah. probably like if like Bobo has some real skills, but yeah, uh, let's see him play one-on-one against Chris Paul and then we'll talk. <laughs> I think we know well, exactly how happen. that it will happen. Yeah. It will happen this afternoon. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Because well, if if we can be sure of one thing that we probably should have mentioned uh, when discussing the Jazz is that the Thunder will hunt matchups mm-hmm. every single possessions, and oh, if yeah. Paul Ball is on the court, he like Chris Paul will find him. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder will find him, and so will uh, SGA. Yeah, yeah. And, Dort. So, and Dort and Dort and oh wow. Door just blow by, just like blowing by Paul Ball and finishing it there. And we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see this night game because it will be meaningful. Tonight's game yeah. will be meaningful. Yeah, I agree. It will be meaningful. Uh, very excited. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Make sure that you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get 40% off an annual subscription. It's a great deal. You get all of the best NBA writing out there. Uh, and also speaking of NBA writing, if you haven't heard about this yet, Brett Dawson has returned as an OKC writer on the OKC dream team. So go to patreoncom slash OKC dream team to check out Brett's writing. Uh, it's very exciting to have him back and to have him, uh, writing about the thunder again. So it's a, it's kind of a, a, a very welcome comeback for Brett and uh, I think it's it is for Thunder fans as well. So go go check that out, please. Hope you guys have a great Monday. Enjoy the game, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.